The secret to life is just one thing. Listening to Wig Fans, the semi-regular podcast dedicated to, but unaffiliated with, the greatest grocery store in America, Wegmans. Cheese plates, cured meats, easy meals, I feel complete. Italian classics, fresh organics, prepared foods to suit my moods. Carrot chips and catering, all the joy that food can bring when you're a Wegman. Welcome to Weg Fans, and with me is the Bruno Kirby to my Daniel Stern, John Serpico. How you doing, John? Uh, Marcelo, you get better every single time at introducing me, uh, so I'm feeling so warm after that uh, after that very generous comparison. As you can tell, I did rewatch City Slickers this weekend, and it held up. Oh yeah, I feel like that movie still has legs. Definitely. So, quick check-in. John, have you been to Wegmans since our last talk? Marcelo, I went yesterday. Woo, look at you! And and even beyond that, it was not my only trip between now and the last time we chatted. It's something about that podcast has has reinvigorated me, and I am uh, no longer just letting the the Instacart drivers bring my my food to me. I am going to get my own food, like my hunting and gathering ancestors. <laughs> That went to the primordial supermarkets. (laughs) I do kind of feel like that now, especially now in these COVID times, when I like come home with a car full of groceries, like, I have provided for my family. I am strong like those before me, I am strong. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a feeling that, you know, was on the shelf for a long time, that like, you're driving home, You've got like bags of groceries in the back seat. You got to run them up the stairs like that. Yeah, I mean, it's why Instacart has been an obviously an absolute godsend and Instacart shoppers are doing just tremendous work keeping people safe, but it is it is nice to go back to Wegmans mask on and uh walk the aisles and get get surprised by by some stuff. Well, now it's time for some Weg News. Weg News! Weg News! Weg News! Okay, just a couple items of Weg News this week. Now, what are things, John, that you have watched a live-action camera of? Like, for me, it's like, oh, is there fog in Half Moon Bay? Is it good to go to the beach today? Oh, let's let's look at that adorable panda on the panda cam. But now, John, you will now have, at least, hopefully you will in, in your local area, you will now have another camera to watch, a WEG camera. Wegmans has announced as part of their, Wegmans has announced that part is beefing up their overall COVID-19 protocols, is that at some of their stores, they're going to have a live camera so you can see what the crowd is like at Wegmans. Well, that is awfully clever and a fairly low, in the grand scheme of things, a fairly low-cost way to have safety-inspired connection with your with your customers. I it, it almost reminds me a little bit 
Um, I don't know how many of these you see out near you, but uh, when I'm visiting family kind of up and down the East Coast and I'm like driving on like a highway or a busy street, I'll see billboards that says, oh, the wait time at the, you know, St. Elizabeth Hospital is currently 14 minutes. Or, you know, oh, the wait time at the, you know, the emergency department at Gloucester Memorial Hospital is nine minutes. And it's just this very, like, immediate, hey, it's, you can, you can come here now, now is your time. Uh, So is that a, is that a, a West Coast thing as well? Or is that mainly an East Coast thing? I have never seen that. I didn't drive that much when I lived on the East Coast. You know, we'll see, like, it is 50 minutes to Palo Alto, which is, you know, it's three miles away. You're like, oh, not that bad traffic. Yeah. <laughs> 50 minutes, three miles. So we, yeah. it's more like how many, it's more like how is traffic to X destination, but not to like a specific, this building has this long a wait time. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, the, now I know that the this Wegmans live cam is meant to be an information tool, you know, like the emergency room wait clocks or the, the 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 shots of traffic on the interstate. I know this is meant to be an information tool. I plan to use it as an entertainment tool, Marcelo. I you know what? I I fear that if it comes to your area, it's going to be like the first season of Homeland where uh <laughs> where oh gosh, I can't remember what's the name of that actress in Homeland? Uh, that's Claire Danes as the Claire lead Danes. Homeland. Yes, you're gonna be Claire Danes up in the middle of the night, just watching surveillance video of Wegmans. There's going to be like a grid of monitors, and I'm just gonna be wearing like a just a dirty robe, just saying enhance again and again, <laughs> watching people, you know, like d- decide what bagels to get, or or you know, choosing between different cuts of pasta. You know, I'm going to be yelling at my screen like a Monday morning quarterback. It's, uh, I fear what will become of me when I have access to this video. Oh, man. You could find a way to hack the PA system, and then you could just give shopping advice to people from the comfort of your own home. You, in, in aisle 14, Fancy Feast is a fine brand, but the Wegmans brand has less filler for your cats. <laughs> Yeah, I, oh my God, the power. You know, it's funny. I worked in, uh, I worked in a supermarket. It was my first job. I worked in a supermarket. And my second job, I worked in uh, a pharmacy, a pharmacy chain. And in both jobs, I had access to the PA system. And, you know, to, to my everlasting shame, I never abused my access to the PA system. And I feel like this is my second chance. All I have to do is wait for Wegmans to implement this, then teach myself coding, then teach myself how to hack, and then eventually become the god I hoped I would be at 16. Well, this next piece of news is the most controversial news that we've ever covered on Weg fans. John Serpico, you are killing the grocery store experience. There's an article in Grub Street, and they are talking about how It's not just COVID-19 that's ruining the grocery store experience, but it's these professional shoppers, the Instacarts, the Shippets, the Amazon Prime Now. Uh, Let's see, one Boston person said that Instacart drivers think they're playing Mario Kart. Another said they usually have a device and a lanyard around their neck, 
and sort of a lost look on their faces, complained another customer. The chaos is more than what I want to deal with at a grocery store. What say you, John Serpico? Atone for your sins. (laughs) I mean, that that seems to be... um the kind of inflammatory nonsense article that is meant to drive traffic instead of drive opinions. Now, I'm no, I'm no shill for Instacart or Wegmans, and if it wasn't for a global pandemic, I would be shopping there um, at my regular pace of every 36 hours. But I do think I do think that article doesn't necessarily have it entirely right. Ugh. Well, actually, I don't, I, let I don't me know, John. It, where, where I live, especially... I've only really noticed this at, uh, I've seen the occasional professional shopper at Costco and Trader Joe's, but you really see this at Whole Foods. And maybe this is more to do with Amazon than Instacart, but you will see half the shoppers in Whole Foods right now, uh, maybe less, maybe third, are Whole Foods or Amazon employees. They're wearing lanyards. They have their own personal, I don't know what it's called. It looks like a Tri- looks like a tricorder that scans barcodes and they're just like hustling 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 grabbing things deep, deep, and they're just, and they're uh i think they're evaluated based on how quickly they do it so there's one near huh. me in campbell and especially there's one in uh on almaden this doesn't mean anything to anyone outside of the bay area but that they're just high feels like a high pressure situation when you walk in there on top of the high pressure of that person's mask is not covering their nose, they're going to kill me. I wonder if there is some geographic variance to that. You know, the Bay Area, notorious for being one of the most absolutely expensive parts of the country to live in. Anyone living in and around the Bay Area needs to work that much harder and generate that much more income to live there than than probably anywhere else, except for midtown Manhattan. So I wonder if this is like a a grim assessment of capitalism generally. The reason why I say that is, you know, I've been to, um, so since the pandemic started, I've only been going to the, the Wegmans in Medford, Massachusetts. And I have never seen Instacart, uh, you know, Instacart shoppers booming down aisles, cutting people off. And so, uh, you know, it's it's tricky for me to tease out the why of that. Like, why would your experience and the experience of whoever's writing this article or whoever was interviewed for this article be different than mine? I don't want to be one of those one of those pundit types that says, "Oh, just because my individual experience differs, then this data is wrong." But I'm willing to bet that this article was written with kind of anecdotal stories. And so, me refuting it with my own anecdotal stories may not be that far off. Uh, I've, you know, I, I'll put it to you this way. I've never seen an instance of a shopper do like an Instacart shopper doing anything untoward at stop and shop. Uh, I think they use like Peapod there, you know, but like, I've oh, never seen. Sure. The, I, I'm know. not saying that the people there are, are doing anything wrong. I understand that people have to work Whole Foods and these other grocery places have to expand their business, but it just, you know, you see, you're not seeing, you know, remember way back when, year and a half ago, when you and I went to Wegmans together, it was just two guys having fun, and most people there were in like a good mood, you know, and Mm -hmm. 
now they're in addition to the people's whose job is to work uh to restock and check things out and clean up there's also people whose job it is to with a time limit walk around with a grocery cart and put things in it and then check it out so yeah, i just I think mean, that just adds a, a just a little patina of uh of stress where otherwise i wouldn't want there to be the ratio of people on the clock to people off the clock in a supermarket has changed dramatically due to the pandemic. And so that creates a bit of a culture shift, I think. It creates an experience shift and a culture shift in in any place like that. I remember there was an episode of Silicon Valley where, you know, it was one of the later seasons and one of the characters was like shopping in a grocery store and he like sees a friend of his or a colleague or a competitor or somebody. And you know, this this friend that they saw says, oh, yeah, no, life is bad. Do you want to know how bad? I'm doing my own shopping in here. Because, you know, speaking to the proliferation of professional gig economy shoppers in the Bay Area. Uh, so, you know, I definitely don't see it, see that to that degree in our, our humble East Coast Wegmans and... You make it sound like Boston isn't the third most expensive place to live in the country. There is a big difference between a gold medal and a bronze, my friend. <laughs> We're barely on the podium. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> One more piece of WEG news. But in September, they're making a big deal about the Impossible Burger coming to Wegmans. Now, I noticed that you have gone on your own meat journey, whereas young John Serpico would be fully associated with meat you know, as as we've gotten older, uh, you don't really hit the hit the meat as hard as you used to. So, where do you stand on the Impossible Burger? All right. So, I, you know, as uh, as as odd as it sounds, I'm in essence kind of embarking upon a decades long journey towards a fruit and vegetable based diet. I think it's a mix of getting older, a mix of seeing pigs and cows in the wild instead of on my plate and realizing that they're really nice and friendly. So I'm, you know, I'm, I've been moving in that direction more and more as I, as I get older. And, you know, there is, I think an equilibrium that I may hit in a couple of years that I call the, the, well, you know, there's a PG 13 podcast. I call it the, the only eat animals diet. So like turkeys are just jackasses. Um, so like, I, you know, I would only, I only want to eat animals that are stupid or mean. So that would be venison. That would be turkey. That would be some of your, your stupider fish. And I could probably get on with that pretty well. Uh, but you know, when I, when I eventually even move past that, I think there's going to be an impossible burger waiting for me on the other side. And I have had Beyond Burgers. I've had other plant-based burgers. But the Impossible Burger is, in most manifestations that I've experienced, as close to the eating a burger experience as you can possibly get without the cow involved. So I say good on Wegmans for for experimenting with it in terms of their, um, in terms of their offerings. It's, I mean, it's good eating. You put a you put a piece of a uh, you know American cheese on that on a nice potato bun and you're sitting outside on a park uh, you know at a picnic table. You take a bite of potato salad. You take a bite of this burger. 
It's going to feel like you're eating at a barbecue. It's going to feel like it's going to feel like you're eating meat. Well, this weekend, because I don't have anything to do, I'm having a burger off where I'll be preparing burgers four different ways to see which is the best. You know, the classic East Coast Tavern mini uh, racquetball looking burger, Mm -hmm. uh, the flatter West Coast burger, the smash burger. Uh, The Impossible Burger will not be making it into the competition. I can tell you that. I'm glad you are not sullying this competition with an Impossible Burger. But if, let's say, 20 years from now, you and I are both much more invested in our longevity and we've both fully switched to vegetarian diets, you know, then the contest to have is like, what's better? You know, the Beyond Burger, an honest-to-goodness veggie burger made out of black beans, the Impossible Burger. Like, comparing... You know, you want to you want to only fight people within your your weight class, and the Impossible Burger is not in the weight class of literally anything made out of animal. But you know, you know, it's a welterweight, and it's not going to win against heavyweights, but it's probably going to win against some other pretty good welterweights. This has been Weg News. Weg News. Weg News. And now it's time for your favorite part of the episode, where John Serpico gives you the review. We have this week, John. All right. So for this one, um, I was I was very excited to uh, to to have a review that kind of encapsulated, you know, the kind of the th- this very strange time that we're living in. And I know my last review was, you know, about um, about soups at Wegmans, but this one um, also is going to be nearby. It's going to be in the prepared foods area in the bakery area. Uh, and it's this. I wanted to get now. Normally, if you go to Wegman's during not a pandemic, you know they have you know a box that you can fill with donuts, a bag you can fill with bagels. You grab them with your tongs. You grab them with a thin little piece of brown paper. If you're a kid and a jerk, you can grab them right with your hands. But like you know, you, there there were literally bins of baked goods that you could just shovel into a container. These days, all of the baked goods are individually wrapped. So you can get, you know, instead of a dozen donuts or putting a donut in a bag, they have these little goodie bags of like one donut or three bagels or like two two fritters. And so what I did was I, I put together a single serving everything bagel, cream cheese, locks situation for myself. So, you know, this is a kind of a three in one review. Uh, they were all, it was all the Wegmans stuff, the Wegmans branded stuff. How did and, you get the cream cheese and the locks? Were they, are they a separate thing that you buy? Yeah. So all next to each other, because of course they're next to each other. Thank you. Wegmans is you've got, you know, one little kiosk with, you know, racks and racks of individually wrapped bagels. Um, and then next to it, you have a little refrigerator case with Wegmans cream cheese and a little two ounce container of of uh, locks of, of, you know, cured salmon. And so you get one of each thing and all of a sudden you're in business like you're in a great Jewish deli. So the, the thing that I really was paying attention to was now cream cheese is delicious. Lox is delicious. I know these things. I knew they would deliver. But what I wanted to really pay attention to was how fresh and delicious 
would this Wegmans bagel be in this like individual bag, like tied up with a little twist tie. And I'm very pleased to say that the bagel is as delicious as it would be if it was in a bin. And, uh, and they did a great job packaging it, which is important too, because now if you've ever, you know, if you've ever like my wife and I do a lot of food prep where we'll cook all at once and then put things in Tupperwares and line them up for the week. Now, obviously if you put something warm into a Tupperware, you're going to see condensation on the inside of that Tupperware immediately. Now that would be a disaster for a bagel is let's say they baked a delicious Wegmans bagel and then put it in that bag before it was too before it fully fully cooled off there'd be condensation and moisture in there which would then make the bagel immediately disgusting so the fact is they went through the trouble of baking a delicious Wegmans bagel and those bagels are delicious they waited for it to fully 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 cool off they bagged it up nice and they put it on the shelf when I picked it up, it had the the you know the the great bagel crust, but was yielding, perfectly dry bag. I took it home. I even waited a day before eating it to see how it would age, uh, and I took it out of um, you know, I took it out of its bag. I sliced it a minute in the toaster to get it warm, and it was absolutely perfect. So. If you see, if you go to Wegmans and you see their individually wrapped bagels, their individually wrapped donuts, give them a try. They are as good as they were in the pre-pandemic times. And now it's time for the burning question. Every episode, we take on the burning question for you to consider and discuss amongst yourselves or with us on Twitter and Facebook. Now, the burning question is this. This is our last episode to drop before Thanksgiving. And many people, uh, maybe you, but definitely myself, are staying at home for Thanksgiving. The state of California has said you shouldn't have Thanksgiving of more than eight people. You should be outside. We're just having a Thanksgiving for two. So the burning question is this. How would you plan a Thanksgiving for two? Or, you know, for for a one-household Thanksgiving. For us, you and I, that's a two-person thing. It is And also... How do you do it in a way to maximize all your cooking services? Because, you know, you can say, like, I'm going to make 10 things in the oven, but, like, you're going to spend 12 hours in front of the oven just for two people? That doesn't exactly. sound smart. Exactly. So I, I think the, um, you know, I think the the, the, the the big way to start, you know, if you're in a, a two-person household or even as many as a three- or four-person household, you can get away. Now, we're assuming this is going to be a traditional Thanksgiving dinner with all the trimmings. So, you know, I'm assuming that there will be turkey. So my first kind of recommendation in response to this burning question is getting a turkey breast instead of a whole bird makes the whole process of a small family Thanksgiving that much better. Uh, Now, obviously, you know, you lose the dark meat, you lose, you know, the quantity of leftovers that you can turn into sandwiches for days and days. But, you know, if you're getting a three, four, five pound turkey breast, that's still going to give you plenty of leftovers. It's uh, much easier to cook. You're you're temping the middle part of the of the turkey breast, and once that hits 165, you're done. It's much much easier. You don't have to spatchcock anything. You don't have to. Trust the legs up. You don't have to do any of that. 
You put it in the oven for a not unreasonable amount of time, and it's going to be good. So my first recommendation is around the centerpiece on the table, the turkey, and a turkey breast you know, will will absolutely uh, do a wonderful, wonderful job there. So that that obviously takes the the oven out of the the equation. I for stuffing, I don't think that any person alive has figured it out more than the stovetop corporation. And <laughs> stove, stovetop stuffing is great, and one of the reasons why is right in the name. You cook it on the stove. You dump it into a pan, you're, you know, you boil up water, you dump stovetop into it, and it is literally instantly stuffing. And so, you know, that's that's all you need. If you want to be, you know, real fun, what you could do is, so that's one burner. One burner is your stovetop. But if you want to do something really fun, like go to Wegmans, get like one Italian sausage from the from the butcher there, brown that up in a pan. So that's your second burner. And then toss, when you get the stovetop in there, toss the sausage in there too to make it a, a sausage stuffing. And so that you've got a great turkey uh, that takes up your oven. You've got stovetop uh, stuffing and with sausage in it. That's two of your burners. Let's put the microwave to use heating up Wegmans mashed potatoes. Wegmans has already taken the the heavy lifting off the table in terms of mashed potatoes. They are already, you know, like they were run through a food mill. They're smooth. They're creamy. They're delicious. You put them in the microwave, all of a sudden you have mashed potatoes better than, better than most people have ever had. So those are, those are three big things right off the bat. Uh, I would recommend not cooking vegetables of any kind because at this point, you're using your oven. You're using your burners. No one's gonna eat the vegetables anyway. So uh, just have it all be uh, all be brown foods, all meats and starches, all some shade of beige, and uh, except for cranberry sauce. And the only part of the uh, kitchen you have to use for that is a countertop on which you put it when you open it up with a can opener. And uh, yeah, and then you're you're rocking and rolling there. That honestly is going to probably be how it works for uh, for my wife and I, unless we get like a Thanksgiving in a bag from one of the local restaurants around here, which is, you know, plenty of them are doing that. But uh, Marcelo, what do you have to add to to that overall strategy here? Oh, I am going a different way from you. I'm going to get like a 10 pound turkey, put it, cook it on my charcoal grill. Ooh. Going to put it in the center, put a drip pan under it, mm-hmm. charcoal briquettes on each side. So you're doing the indirect heat. heat. Yeah. Oh, there it is. That's indirect perfect. Indirect heat on the charcoal grill. Boom. That's, that's done. My wife, Sam is going to make stuffing uh, from scratch. Cause she prides herself on not making anything from a box, but I also agree that stovetop stuffing is delicious. So, it's a very interesting hill to die on, yeah. I think. The idea is like, no, I refuse to use a box. Yeah. But no, I get it. I mean, there's a pride of... pride of. Co- so she's going to get bread, chop it all up, whole nine yards? She's going to... Yeah. Stuffing in the oven and sweet potato casserole in the oven. So now gotcha. we've got turkey. We've got two sides. Obviously, cranberry sauce, but then you can do that on the countertop. And... We're going to make a slow cooker toffee pudding. So put that in the slow cooker. And then on the stovetop, 
Or if I just want to show off on my other grill. <laughs> that's right. That is a powerful grills. Bay Area flex. Yeah. On my other grill, uh, I will make cook Brussels sprouts in a cast iron skillet. I need a little at my age, John. I need a little. I'm a little bit older than you. I need a little roughage. Yeah, you know? it'll keep 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 the machinery purring as you would hope. Um, now you're you're dealing with cast iron here. Is, is a little bacon going into those Brussels sprouts, or are you letting oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the the big difference here. That, that we're talking about is really the, the equipment you're using. Like, you, well, I'm going that, full turkey. You're going just turkey breast. I well, want the whole and, kit and caboodle. Exactly. And, you know, the the, the reason why I think, a, you know, a 10-pound turkey on the grill beats a 3-pound turkey breast in the oven any day of the week. I, you know, it's, it's New England. It's brutal weather. I've already put my grill away for the year. So... You know, for me, I don't want to do, I don't want to spend my entire day cooking a bird in the oven. However, if I lived in the Bay Area and I could hang out outside with my grill in a pair of shorts, you know, that'd be a different story. I might be compelled to babysit the whole bird for most of the morning. So yeah, I think the grill's a big difference. You make it sound like when I lived only two miles from you, that I did not use my grill year round, my two grills year round, and I definitely did. You, you, well, you're made of sterner stuff than I am, Marcelo. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm that that, that my, my my city upbringing has has made me weak. I think I, uh, you know, I, I haven't uh, haven't cut my teeth on Com Ave. I was out in Chestnut Hill, you know. <laughs> that's uh, that's what happens. Is I'm um, you know I'm made of soft stuff. I think when I lived on Murdoch, I lived less than two miles from you, actually, now that I think about it. maybe a Yeah, mile. we were pretty much around the corner from each other. Yeah. But worlds apart when it comes to <laughs> cooking outside. <laughs> this has been WegFans, the unaffiliated Wegmans fan cast. This episode has been produced and edited by me, Marcelo Alarmo. Oh, he is the everything bagel that is the foundation of a great breakfast. All of our music was composed and performed by the great band Minus World. Check them out at MinusWorldBand.com or on Facebook at MinusWorldBand. They are the caraway and sesame and poppy seeds that encrust that delightful bagel. As always, big thanks to Dan Chapman for wishing this podcast into existence. If delicious Nova Lox was a man, that man would be Dr. Dan Chapman. Want more Weg fans in your life? Follow us on Facebook at Weg Fans Podcast, on Twitter at Weg underscore fans, or email us at wegfanspodcast at gmail.com. To get new episodes automatically, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, rate and review us. Hopefully, you are as generous as Marcelo will be with his Thanksgiving leftovers. That is all for this week. Say goodbye to the people, John. Goodbye to the people, John. Hey, and happy Thanksgiving from WEG fans, everybody.